welcome to another episode of Too Many Men. It's the Eric Johnson, John Gallietta show. How we doing? Again. How we doing? <laughs> uh, light crew, no Tony, no Tom, no Trish, no Zach. They're off in the great blue yonder, wherever that may be. But yeah, it's a two-man crew today, uh, which is good. There's quite a bit of basketball news that we have to get to. Um, we're going to start with that. We have our Sunday spreads, and we're going to do a little fantasy stardom set because you need to win your league. I'm 0-2 in three leagues. I need a stardom sit very bad. Exactly. It's, a little, it's, it's, a little, it's good for us. It's good for you all, you know, at home. It's a win-win. For the benefit of the people. Exactly. But we'll get to football later. Because in a rare twist of fate, basketball's kind of dominated the news cycle. Mainly the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they fired Gerson Rosas, our president of basketball operations, I believe it was Wednesday. We were all caught off guard. Why? Yeah, 100%. Why would they do that? Carl Anthony Towns, very unhappy. Said it on Twitter. And then Wednesday night, the news came out as to why they fired Gerson Rosas from a great piece in The Athletic. I forgot who it exactly was that wrote it, but it was a phenomenal piece. Um, staff was working long, hard hours. A consensual relationship with an employee in the office when he was married. And apparently that employee was getting higher opportunities because of the relationship with Rosas and the staff was just disagreeing in general and that led to his firing. It's, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look if you're a, a person in a position of power like Rosas was. You know, you can't be even if it is like a consensual relationship, it's a bad look to have a relationship with an underling, an employee like that. Plus, he's married, as you said. So, And, and the, a- sad part, the sad part is, and I was thinking about this more and more, being married and having the relationship, it's an issue. It's 100% an issue. But that's really not the big reason he got fired. When you think about it. Yeah, no. It's, it's more just, uh, like you said, the... That was the word for it. The, the look of it, you know, with him and her, it being an employee of his, you know, it's just the dynamics there are just all sorts of messed up. And unfor- it's unfortunate, you know, because Rosas, I thought he's made a lot of really good moves for the organization the last two years, you know. I understand they haven't really been winning games, but a lot of that has to do with injuries. You know, it's weird, weird season with the COVID, with, you know, the COVID and everything that, like, you know, with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, his, all his injuries, you know, I felt like they had something, you know, going into this coming season. I feel like there's a little bit of a wrench being thrown into the equation. The timing of this could not have been worse because it generally looks like the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the track upwards for the first time in years. Anthony Edwards, Cat, D'Angelo Russell, maybe even Ben Simmons. We don't know. But for the first time, it looks like Minnesota is moving in the upward direction, probably since Jimmy Butler. Now, with that said, the reason I wanted to talk about this so much, it's, it's not because I'm a fan of the Timberwolves, because I'm not a fan no. of the football team. I'm not a fan of the basketball team. But with that said, the Minnesota Timberwolves are in serious contention for one of the most poorly run sports organizations over the past 20 years. Oh, no question. I think there's an argument for them being – the most poorly run. And I mean, I think the way the winning percentage uh, to prove it, correct? <laughs> the winning percentage of the Minnesota Timberwolves in their franchise history is 368. 
It is the worst of all four major North American sports teams, I believe. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's factually true, but that's what I've heard. It's, Every coach besides Flip Saunders has a losing record with the franchise. It's like it's like West. It's funny because their winning percentage is just Westbrook's percentage from three every year. <laughs> wow! Wow! No, that's so bad. Oh my God! <laughs> Flip Saunders, um, the the best coach in Timberwolves history, absolute okay. legend in Minnesota. His playoff record, 17 wins, 30 losses, made it past the first round once in their franchise history. They made it past the first round only once, and they actually went to the conference finals and lost to the supposed dream team Lakers led by Shaq, Kobe, and Carl Malone. Um, they just broke a 14-year playoff drought in 2018, lost rather meekly to the Houston Rockets, and since then have not been even close to making the playoffs. It is not good in Minnesota, especially now with owner turmoil, who knows? Which, which brings me like to like something that, you know, I feel like the fans in Minnesota, especially what, and I think with the new ownership of, you know, A-Rod, and I think it's not just him, right? There's like a group involved there. They want to make a splash. They want to make a splash. I think that that fan base needs a playoff appearance and they have a core that seems ready to win. But I think that I think that, I think they're gonna make a move for Ben Simmons. That's just my opinion. I think that the writing is on the wall there. I feel like it's a good fit. I think that they can make a package. And I, I understand you guys might not be interested of having Malik Beasley in first round, like other players in first round picks. But I don't know. I mean, what do you like? I, like I feel like. Simmons has you guys like between a rock and a hard place here, you know, as far as like lowering his trade value every day. So from a Sixers fan perspective about the whole Ben Simmons thing, you know, and you know, this is, this wasn't part of the original conversation, but we'll go ahead with it. Um, I think the sooner he gets moved, the better. I've said that for months. I still believe that. I want Ben Simmons to go to a place where I know the Sixers can win the trade. Minnesota, Sacramento. Those are two places I know Philly could win a trade right off the bat. I think the best fit is with the Golden State Warriors. Um, and I think that's going to be a good return as well. Portland, I've heard being mentioned. Portland's the current favorite form. I've heard Houston is still in the mix for Ben Simmons. I don't know mm-hmm. how they're going to make that work. But I think with everything under consideration, I actually think Simmons might have played a part in Rosas' departure. Maybe he didn't want Ben Simmons and the new ownership did. Who knows? Very, that's very much like, – I, I remember saying to you, I think on, uh, that was when, on Wednesday when that news first came out, that exact same thing. I thought, like, maybe, you know, it could be a disagreement on, like, a possible trade. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a question, like, you, know, you have to think if you're, like, a Timberwolves fan, which, you know, it's hard to believe that those exist, Timberwolves fans – but, uh, you know, like, if you want to, like, sacrifice the core that they have there and the future for, like, a guy like Ben Simmons, who, you know, as we know right now, maybe he has a different role in Minnesota if he gets moved there. But as it is right now, it's just, you know, we know what he is in the regular season. But in the playoffs, we know, like, he kind of shrinks in the spotlight a little bit. But in the, play- in the regular season, he's a consistent all-star, you know. That's, a, that's no question. It's just in the playoffs, you know, people can game plan for him. So it's you know, a fit, really. 
first of all, nice subtle dig at the Timberwolves attendance over the past couple of years. <laughs> I, 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 that didn't go past me. Um, but yeah, like Simmons, you need a superstar in Minnesota. You have Cat. You have D'Angelo Russell. You have Anthony Edwards. I get you're in the Western Conference, and I get it's tougher, but there should be no reason you're missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, and it's depth. It was a lack of depth. And the whole Tom Thibodeau experience really didn't work out. Now he's with the Knicks. You see how he's doing over there. It just was never a real fit, and that's why Minnesota is in the spot they are. Um, we mentioned the Golden State Warriors. They signed Avery Bradley today. I forgot he was okay. still a free agent. Yeah, what are they? Like, uh, what, what is this? Isn't he one of the only returns from the James Harden trade, if you really think about it? Like, if you want to go through the whole tree of it, because Oladipo getting returned? <laughs> he, he, he yielded Victor Oladipo. <laughs> that should tell you something. And especially um, but, you how, how much Oladipo's tanked his value. <laughs> the thing is, though, with Avery Bradley, I remember a couple years ago on Boston when he was really, really good. Yeah, dude, he's... I mean, even with that year with the Lakers, it's just he sat out the bubble. He was – he had moments for them. He was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. I remember, and I also remember that season opener. He led them in all scorers with 28 points, and I was like, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, Avery Bradley's back. But, yeah, it's a nice, <laughs> nice um, bench piece for the Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah, football. Football happened, and I know you're happy. I know you're in a great mood because Sam Darnold is 3-0. <laughs> Carolina. Listen, I, I, I'm happy for the guy. Here's the thing. I, I genuinely am. I, I've always been a Sam Darnold fan. Here's the thing. I'm, like, I'm not one of those Jet fans who's going to sit there in denial and be like, oh, well, you know, like, uh, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong a little bit, okay? Like, Darnold, we failed him completely when he was here. We never gave him weapons. Like, if you look back the last couple of years, you, have, you can make an argument that the best weapon that we ever gave him was Jamison Crowder, because Robbie Anderson was never all that with us. I'll argue Denzel Mims. Yeah, but Mims is Mims exactly his, his now, now you see how he's doing you know now you see how he's doing with the Jets yeah, currently. Yeah, you know, yeah, like I don't know if you even saw but he he was an inactive for us on last Sunday, yeah. like which is ridiculous at this point. You know, like I like I don't know how a second round pick from last year is just falling out of the rotation over Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith of all yeah. people. But now I will um, say this I'll say this about the Jets, though. Like, it's a very similar situation like what's going on in Houston. Not really a great offense, but the wide receiver room, not while lacking a star, it's very deep. So you got Corey Davis, who's your top guy. No doubt Corey Davis is the top guy. You have either Elijah Moore or Jameson Crowder, right? Mm -hmm. Those are your three. You could probably have Denzel Mims as your four. And Denzel Mims as a four might be a three or even a two on another team. Yeah, like potentially, you would think. You see, the thing with Mims is supposedly, like our, our uh, you know, our, our O coordinator, Mike LaFleur, is bullish on him because he's not so much of a scheme fit with the, the Shanahan style, like 49er offense that uh, we're trying to run. And the thing is with Mims, you know, he had food poisoning in during training camp. So he missed a lot of time. He doesn't really know the playbook so well. So, Guys that's like Keelan Cole and Jeff Smith have jumped in. That's only happening on the Jets, by the way. That's happening nowhere else, except maybe Jacksonville. With the play, with the with food poisoning or the, <laughs> the playbook? <laughs> and they, they, it blowing up to this huge story. But, yeah, um, let's talk about Carolina a little bit because they've impressed me. And this goes that's beyond it. Sam. 
Yeah, three and zero, man. No matter how you like, no matter what you can say about like the whole thing yeah. after all the injuries they faced, the three and zero, three and zero, man. Now, to be fair, to play devil's advocate, they played the Jets and they played the Texans. Just being devil's advocate, but the way they beat New Orleans was what sold me. They didn't oh, just yeah. win that; they controlled that game from start to finish. Last night we saw it. You know, Tommy Tremble's running in for touchdowns. He's the new guy, apparently. I saw Matt Rule saying Tommy Tremble's this year's um, Jeremy Chin, where he can be very versatile. Now, with that said about Carolina, injuries. You mentioned it earlier. McCaffrey's out a couple weeks. J.C. Horn's out two to three months with a broken foot. McCaffrey, by the way, has a hamstring. Luckily, D.J. Moore, after limping off to the sideline, luckily he's ready to go, and he saw a lot of targets last oh, yeah. night. Yeah, my fantasy team was glad to see that he was actually okay. But, yeah, oh, like, scary, scary night for, like, if you're a Carolina fan, you know, after seeing all your guys go down like that. What do you think of Davis Mills? I was honestly, I was pretty impressed for his, like his first start. He looked pretty poised. I thought, you know, he like, he started to panic a little bit when the pressure, you know, he was getting a lot of pressure, but you know, like I felt like there are guys in his face and he was still making the throw, like, or at least like, you know, make getting throws off, you know, he wasn't really phased. The Texans running back room is one of the weirdest in football. It's David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. And I forgot Philip Lindsay was still there. And um, Mark Ingram is the so- three. Monster, so strange, man. And then remember when Tyrod was there too; he was also rushing a little bit in, in some of those games. You see, who caught the t- touchdown last night? Who caught it? Uh, well, no, actually, I forgot who who caught that touchdown. Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller, Bears legend, the former Bear wide receiver, catching the first touchdown pass from Davis Mills. Panthers get a dominant win, um, and yeah, just make a statement. You know, that's all you need. I'm not saying Carolina's going to go out and win the division. Very hard to do with Tom Brady in it. But, you know, wild card, that's overachieving. That's absolutely overachieving. Is that the question? Who knows? But their schedule gets very hard towards the end of the season. Let's see if they can live up to the task. Exactly. For, like, I will say this about Darnold. Just, like, I don't want to, like, uh, like, you know, it's like I don't want to talk too much on him, you know, because yeah. uh, a lot's been said. But well, he, well, I, uh, I, think that, I think he's looked good. He's, he's played well. But I mean, you you saw last night with the with some of his fumbling issues. But him just you know he recovered them. He only had the one interception in the year uh, last week. But otherwise, you know, he's looked pretty good. I just think that like once he starts to see some more uh, tougher like game situations, like when there's not a favorable game script where they're up and he has to actually throw to win games, I want to see I want to see him in that situation first where he's actually challenged because as it is right now they've been in control like you said like they dominated against the Saints last week. I also want to see him, I also want to see him play off crunch time. Exactly. That's that's the biggie and I'm not saying again not saying he's going to make the playoffs but with the playoff spot on the line he's never been in that position ever. So with something to play for, I'm a huge fan of what Sam Darnold can do. And I'm excited to see what he really can bring to the table. Um, and at that point, McCaffrey's probably going to be back. Did you know Royce Freeman in Carolina? No, no I, I had no clue. I mean, I, I knew he had left the Broncos running back room. I knew because he uh, just got Trevante Williams. But that, that was a complete surprise, seeing him out there last night. Yeah, right? I was like, oh, wow, Royce Freeman's on this team. You know, it looked good right. for him. I like Royce Freeman. There's nothing against him. Yeah, how about um, Chuba Hubbard? Uh, Chuba Hubbard, right? 
Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, it really should be pronounced Chuba Hubbard. But yeah, Chuba. <laughs> you want to say Chuba Hubbard. But <laughs> I really do. I really, really do. Um, let's go over a couple start sets. Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to be frank. My fancy teams are struggling. Big time. Uh, I don't know about John's, but I think he's doing well at our Too Many Men League. <laughs> one, one and one, so, you know. That's one win more than me. <laughs> so, a couple, couple names I like uh, for fantasy this week, if you're looking for streaming options. Again, I'm not saying go out and get these guys and start them over your regular roster, but I can't believe I'm going to utter these words. I like Daniel Jones this week. Ooh. Yeah, against the Falcons, I that's that's a, that's a sneaky good pick too. Yeah, against the Falcons, like I don't mind that. I think that's actually a pretty decent uh, decent play. Um, Alvin Kamara, I don't know against the Patriots. Um, Patriots defense is good. They are really good. Here's the, here's the thing, I don't know if the Patriots defense is really all that, or if it's just Zach Wilson was really that bad. Honestly, yeah. like. Because if you look at that game against the Dolphins in week one, they weren't that impressive. I mean, it was a low-scoring game. But, I mean, like that, the one interception they had was just a bad decision by Tua to throw it when like, he was under pressure. I mean, they, haven't, they just haven't impressed me too much. Yeah. And, again, Tua going to be out this week. Jacoby Brissett is getting the start for the Miami Dolphins. Um, one guy I really like this week is Najee Harris. And they got the Bengals, right? Yeah, matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, the yeah. Bengals. Bengals. They uh, they got they got ran over all over uh, last week by David Montgomery. So that's that's a pretty good bet. Lane Kiffin just tweeted out a photo and tagged Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. <laughs> What's the photo? I, I don't know. I just saw it from Bleacher Report pop up. So now that's- I have to see the. It's it's in Heisman Lane. I don't know where that is. Uh, he is in LA, so he might be in the he might be in the area. So we'll see. Interesting. But Najee Harris has played ninety seven percent of offensive snaps for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That alone should be a reason uh, to start him. Um, I'm not as high as Antonio Gibson this week, mainly because they're playing the Bills. That Bills defense is wanted. Defense is scary. That was an impressive showing from them last week against the Dolphins, pitching the shutout. Well done, Buffalo. You want a way to calm the naysayers? That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, any guys you're high on this week? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, those of you who are lucky enough to have Cortland Sutton on your roster, uh, I think he's the wide receiver start of the week, honestly, against the Jets secondary after that game he had against Jacksonville. <laughs> oh man, they're play- he's playing the Jets. Stardom, stardom, stardom. That's how it is, man. Rest of the year. I told my brother uh, going in this last Sunday's matchup against us. He had a uh, yeah, thinking about Julio Jones or Damian Harris for a select position. I'm like Damian Harris. He's going against the Jets. Had that insane touchdown. I'll say this though, tough. You know, tough answer. But with that said, it's a good problem to have. And with that said, Debo Samuel has now become a must start every week. Oh, 100%. I'm, I love one of my favorites Packers. in the team. Against the Packers? Oh, man, that is going to be a good Debo day. 
Yeah, Kevin King in coverage. Oh, <laughs> he's still there. Kevin King is is still there. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, Scotty Miller still apparently lives rent free. Uh, so let's go. Let's do the Sunday spreads. So I have spreads from all four guys who are not on the show today. Let's start. Let's start with Tom's. Tom has the Raiders minus three and a half against the Dolphins, the Cardinals minus eight against the Jaguars, and the Steelers minus three against the Bengals. Zach, very similar, sort of, kind of. The Cardinals minus eight against the Jaguars, the Steelers minus three against the Bengals, and the Bears plus seven, and the Bears are playing Cleveland. He's got the Bears plus seven against the Browns. Justin Fields in his first career start, he li- so he likes them, winning by a touchdown. Justin Fields is going to be starting. Um, Justin Fields and Jacoby Brissett are going to start. Who'd have thought it? Well, well, um, here's, well, here's the Bears' key to winning that game is if Kevin Stefanski starts to, you know, overthink this too much and starts to draw up these advanced defensive schemes, expecting Matt Nagy to, you know, run an offense suitable for Justin Fields, when really he's just probably going to run the same boring old Bears, vanilla Andy Dalton offense, just with Fields at set, under center instead. But the thing is, Justin Fields' first game, it's a test. The Browns' defense, pretty good. It's not going to be easy for him. They got, like, Brown's defense, it's interesting. They got personnel, you know, like, obviously that very intimidating, you know. But I feel like if you watch their games, they always are, like, again, last week against the Texans, the Texans should not have put up as many points as they did, even, you know, when Tyrod was in. I feel like the the Browns, you know, they were favored to win. I think it was by 12, like, uh, going into that week. And then, like, uh, they won by they, – they, they still won by 10 points, but Texans certainly covered. Worth noting, by the way, all these lines are courtesy of DraftKings. Yes. Um, Trish has Kansas City minus six and a half against the Chargers, the Bengals plus three against the Steelers, and the Raiders minus three and a half against the Dolphins. Tony has the Ravens minus eight against the Lions, the Titans minus five and a half. They are playing the Colts and the Cardinals minus eight against the Jaguars. What are your spreads for this week, John? All right. So first up, I got the Falcons plus three against the New York Giants. You know, battle of the two 0-2 teams. We're going to see which one of these two comes out on top, but I think it's going to be the Falcons. They got the offensive personnel to do it. So, yeah, that's my first one. Second of all, I'm going to go with that group consensus, uh, Arizona Cardinals minus eight. Uh, It's not going to be a good day for Duval. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. If, if any ja- Jags fan listens to the podcast, no, nah, it's not going to be your Sunday yet. If, if, if you are a Jacksonville fan and you are listening to this podcast, we truly send our condolences. We do. We, we really feel for you. As much, as, okay. a Jet, as, much yeah. as a Jet fan can, because I still fucking hate y'all because y'all stole Trevor from us, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> Listen, you are talking to two people, and even when the group is on, who also – have combined zero wins so far this season. But just think about that. You know, it's it's it could be worse. Hey, listen, we we know we, we're all we're all in the same boat here. Pain. <laughs> we, we are. We misery loves company. Exactly. All. All right, uh, but yeah, lastly, my final uh, spread of the week. I'm gonna. I like I like the Packers plus three against the Niners. Aaron Rodgers having another bounce back game. You got the Packers win that game, right? Yep. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be a good game. Like the the Sunday night and Monday night games this week are really good. 
I always love it when there's like a like a nice Sunday night matchup like this, just you have like in your back pocket. So no matter how the days go, like on your versus your bets or in fantasy, you just know you have at least a good game to look forward you to. A, you have a great game to watch on Sunday. You have a great game to watch on Monday, and then you have a couple of nights free before you go back to Thursday night, and you have Jaguars Bengals. That might be the worst. <laughs> That's got to be going through the year so far, right? We do feel for you. By the way, as of right now, Cincinnati is six-point favorites against Jacksonville for Thursday. That's, uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's actually kind of uh, – it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Um, my spreads. Uh, I, I mean, it's nice when you have a layup in week three that you can just knock right out of the park. And I think we all pretty much did that, and I'm just going to – do another, just take another one yard. I'm going Cardinals minus eight against the Jaguars. Oh, oh man, beating the, we're beating the dead horse here, man. We really are. Here's, here's the thing. I mean, th- this is generous. <laughs> There's no reason that Denver should be ten and a half point favorites against the Jets and the Cardinals are single digits against Jacksonville. No reason for that. I mean, it's five of the six of us have picked this game. It's either it is either going to hit and it's going to hit hard, or it's going to whimper out, and is they're either going to just breeze by minus eight or they're not even going to come close, based on our track record. Tony had one that I really liked and I didn't see it from anyone else. I'm going Titans minus five and a half against the Colts. Uh, Colts play calling recently has been not great. No, I mean, how how let me just ask you this. How do you get intercepted on a shovel pass? <laughs> I'm, well, there's that. But this, is the, this was the one that, that bothered me. You have first and goal from the one, and you hand it off to Jonathan Taylor four straight times with Aaron Donald coming at you. Yes, that's, not, that's, that's, that's a problem there. Against Jacob Eason, too, potentially? I mean, I think that's a recipe for a Titans, uh, Titans cover. Plus, Tennessee's coming off a great momentum win in Seattle. Well, well interesting news is uh, Carson, a.k.a. Ankles, Wentz, he actually uh, practiced today. He uh, does somehow, despite framing – by the way, isn't that the funniest headline you'd ever seen when you saw that Carson Wentz out Ankles? <laughs> like, oh. Here's the thing, and I do feel for Wentz. I really do. He's been through a lot. Yeah. But – how does this keep happening to him? It just, it's just beyond, like, all comprehension, honest, comprehension, honestly. You know, it's just he's snake-bitten, you know, how to, at this point. The last spread that I'm going to do. Oof. Man, all the – there's some good ones here. There are some good ones this week. There are. It's, it's also a very big week for the under from what I'm looking at. A lot of low-scoring games I'm seeing here. Oh, yeah. Um, I like Trish's. I like Bengals plus three against the Steelers. Um, Big Ben coming off the pectoral injury. Could be struggling. Yeah, didn't practice at all this week at, or much at all this week, I've heard. We also have to remember, Ryan Finley beat the Steelers last year. That's true. I've got Joe Burrow and an improved offense. I can see the Bengals taking a victory there. So I'm going Cincinnati plus three as my final spread. So we will have the graphic up. I believe Zach will be the one making the graphic. He should. 
We'll post it on Twitter. We'll post it on all the social platforms. Hopefully, fingers crossed. If not, um, we'll find a way to make it a nice little comprehensive chart. Um, spoiler for the chart, um, Cardinals minus eight, you're going to be seeing a lot. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Um, one other bit of NFL news that I kind of liked. We're getting a wild card game on Monday night. Three-day three day wild card weekend, man. Love I love it. I absolutely love that. Big fan of that. That is going to be so much fun. Is that going to be on ESPN? I think they said. I mean, yeah, I would assume so. Probably just going to make it a Monday night football type thing. Yeah, that, that yeah. would be my guess. Oh, man. Um, imagine if they do the Manning cast for that. <laughs> imagine if they do the Nickelodeon game on Monday night. <laughs> That's coming back, by the way. We are getting the Nickelodeon game back for another year. I feel, like, I feel like they're going to do that on the Sunday, though, just because kids got school. Just, just a reminder, by the way, just a reminder, um, Mitch Trubisky is a one-time MVP and the only player right now to win an MVP. Just, just want to drive that home for, for the listeners uh, that are uh, listening. A little bit of baseball stuff. Chicago, White Sox clinched the AL Central. Um, and it wasn't even close throughout the entire season. Point A, point B. Led almost virtually the entire way. Nobody was even close to chasing them. They're the only team above 500 in the division. They have that in the bag. St. Louis just won their 13th straight game. Dang, that's that's impressive. That's hard. That's hard as heck to do. They are now firmly in the second wild card spot. So it's looking like either Dodgers or Giants versus the Cardinals in the NL wild card game. The AL wild card race is tight between Boston, Toronto, and the Yankees. Oh yeah, it's They're, it's like this right now. Like rats in a cage right now, just fighting against each other. Two of them are going to make the playoffs. One of them is going to host the wild card game, and the winner will most likely play Tampa Bay in the first round in the ALDS. Um, Chicago White Sox, by the way, probably playing the Houston Astros in round one, which means we get Tony Larusa against Dusty Baker one more time, <laughs> and I am ready for it. One thing I just want to point out about the Astros' success this year is that just I love I love I love this like the pettiness of the baseball world and the media to just not acknowledge not any of it, you know, like people just don't talk about it. Here's the thing: like, we did, going, but, we, did, we did acknowledge it when we went, very much so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to, but like subtle, we were not. <laughs> I just I mean, want to make that very very clear. Oh, no, I, not, I'm not, not subtle in the hate, I'm saying. I'm being subtle in recognizing how they're, you know, a good team. They're, they're doing well this year, the team. They're, they at, they're, at, they're a bunch of, you know, cheaters, but. Which is, which is why I think they like where they are right now. You know, they're not being really talked about. They're a good team, like a really solid team. And it pains me because when I see how the Astros are doing, they really didn't need the sign stealing to win a World Series, right? It's it's just you hate that what they like what they do with violate like, violating the integrity of the game like that when you don't have to. It's just, you don't you, you, there's no reason for it, and that's what I think frustrated the baseball world more than anything was having that happen to them. Um, more I, I think that's what just really sent them into a rage. Uh. Oh, Josh Gordon got reinstated again. I, I, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> Circle of Life. That's all it is. It's a cycle. 
So uh, he's going to sign with the Hawks again? Is that it? Or where where, where, where is he going? I've heard Denver is a potential destination. My God. (laughs) And you know what? I don't hate that. How much help is Teddy Bridgewater need? Josh Gordon, Cortland Sutton, and a healthy Jerry Judy can make some noise. And they and they still got KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick and Noah yeah. fans. Tim Patrick, they have Noah fan. It's it's actually pretty good right now in Denver. Hey, all they're miss- all they're missing is one Aaron Rodgers, and we're good. Well, listen for all the hate that Carolina and Denver got for taking corners over improving their quarterback situation in the draft this year. Teddy Bridgewater looks has looked looked really good. Sam Darnold's looked pretty good himself, too. You know, it's like, maybe these guys, like, are, maybe they're on to something here. I don't know. We're, we're all just, you know, wrong. <laughs> I did say the Cardinals are going for their 13th consecutive win. It is 8-5 currently. Uh, they have a lead against the Chicago Cubs uh, in the top of the seventh. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Too Many Men. Uh, we will be at Rutgers. On Saturday, November 27th, the entire crew will be there. That is me, John, Tom, Tony, Trish, Zach, Justin. All of us are going to be at Rutgers for that game against Maryland. Um, Many of us, it's our first college football game. Um, For me and several others, it's our first in a very long time. So to say we're looking forward to that um, is an understatement. Uh, we should be back to normal schedule on Tuesday. Um, the entire gang will be back. Um, be sure to uh, listen to all of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcast. And yeah, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Too Many Men. <laughs>